You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. As I think most of you know, uh, last year we bought a house. It's a kind of old house, not ancient, but uh, far from new. And the couple who lived in it before us lived in it for about 60 years. And they did a really good job of, of kind of holding true to what was original to the house. But it meant when we moved in, for example, that all of the wiring was was so old that the insurance company wouldn't recognize it. And the stove was something that looked like it was something from an historical reenactment. And there was, there was a need to go through and look at things that, that might be uh, updated or modified to fit our family. So slowly we've been chipping away at these little projects. And it means we spend a lot of time with a contractor and he visited again just the other day, but we're always struck at how, at how he looks at our house. This is changing for me a little bit over time, but if I were to explain in simple terms how I understand my house, I understand my house as a series of rooms. I could, I could make a model for you of my house out of Lincoln Logs or out of cardboard. And it would be, to my mind, a perfectly serviceable model because it would show the rooms and the relationships of those rooms to other rooms. So my house is made of spaces. But when the contractor comes and he looks at our house, he doesn't look at spaces. He sees the house as the materials of the house, right? It's like if we were looking at donuts and I was only looking at the hole and I kept saying, I know what the donut is because there's a hole here. And he's looking at at the wheat. (laughs) He's looking at the glaze. He understands what a donut is. I see it as the thing that is the show. I see the performance of it. And the performance of a house is that all of this other stuff creates an empty space. (laughs) And then I say, oh, that's my room. (laughs) So he can look at the wall. And not only does he know, you know, obviously that the wall is is primary. (laughs) But because he knows the things that he knows, and he knows how old the house is, for example, he looks at the wall and he sees through the wall. He knows what's inside the wall. And if he doesn't know for sure what's inside the wall, he knows it's one of maybe two things, right? So the first time he came to our house, he looked and he said, I don't know what kind of insulation you have, but I can tell you it's either this or this, right? And I thought, insulation? Amazing. If there's something that you know well, you have this experience of seeing with different eyes or hearing with different ears. 
I used to do a lot of theater. And so when I watch a play, I'm thinking about the backstage, right? I understand that, that even in a small theater, that what we see is maybe a third or a half of the actual stage, right? And behind what we see are the props and the people and the costumes and the lights and the, the other sets. And, and there's this whole activity, there's this beehive. If you're a musician, obviously you listen to music in a particular way that is very different from how I listen to music because I don't have that training and I don't have that skill. My appreciation of music comes down to what I like and what I don't like. And on a really subtle day, maybe the music that makes me feel like this versus the music that makes me feel like this. But to my friends who are musicians, they can, enjoy, they can experience it in all those ways, but they can never forget this other series of layers, right? There's a common way of talking about Buddhism, or at least one that I've, I've bumped into a, a number of times, both from Zen people and, and sometimes from people on the Theravada side, when we're trying to, we're trying to make the pitch that you don't need to bring a lot with you into practice. And the message is essentially that the only thing that you need to enter this path is a kind of baseline curiosity about what it is, right? That curiosity can't, can't it, has to, it has to have a, a kind of a question of, oh, I'd like to know a little more, you know? If you just have that, then you might show up. And if you, if you just show up, then you might hold that question, you might show up again. So you don't need to bring, and this is a way of saying, you don't need to bring a particular faith. You don't need to bring a particular knowledge. You don't need to bring a particular worldview. Just a, a little bit of a question. I heard someone say this just the other day. But then I was thinking that there's, there's another way that I, I think about this same question, this kind of what is the minimum? And I think another way to talk about the minimum is you ask yourself in a general way, is it more important for me to know or to not know? And if your conclusion is that it's important to know, that's enough. Because at the heart of this practice and the heart of this tradition is a willingness or, or even an insistence on looking at how things are constructed, at looking beyond the show of understanding, I always think this is such a disgusting phrase, but 
how the sausage is made. We can get a glimpse of how that works, again, if we have a trade, if we have a skill. But where it becomes vital is in understanding our minds. Specifically, understanding how it is that we make things with our minds. How we construct our world. What we see most of the time is the show. It's the thing that we make. We're very good at it, and we've talked about that a thousand times. This is our most natural skill. We establish, first of all, that I am me, and that things generate from me, and that I is the starting place for determining what matters and what does not matter. And from there, I establish memories, I establish hopes, I establish views and biases and fears, and I project them onto everything that I see so that everything that I see always is the color of me, no matter what. That's the show. And though I've, I've encountered some teachers who say that you can stop doing that, I, I've never met one who I believe had stopped doing that. So then the task is not necessarily to stop being human. It's not somehow to, to find the, this center of the center of the center of our understanding of the world and set it on fire. But on a more basic level, to understand what it's doing, to start to notice our own instincts, to notice that, for example, uh, that there are certain types of encounters that we might label as useless or a waste of time. But if we look deeper, we see that actually those encounters make us uncomfortable or they make us afraid. But we don't want to admit that we're uncomfortable or that we're afraid. Not to anyone else and not to ourselves. So we weave a story about these things and we, instead of feeling them as they are, we assign them a value, <laughs> right? And after a while, that world that we construct for all practical purposes is real because it's the world in which we're moving. <laughs> Right. We're moving in the space that we made. And in the same way that I imagine that my house is real because it has rooms, and I forget that there are walls, in my daily life, I work in the construct of my projections. And I forget all the scaffolding, all the work that I had to put into making the room look like this and feel like this. 
all the work that went into decorating it and making it feel solid. And so we look. I never like to talk about Zazen as, as doing something, but it does have side effects, and this can be a side effect. If we spend enough time just sitting there with ourselves, we can start to catch the steps between the beginning of a thought and a conclusion. We can see the ways in which we construct things. We can see that even in a quiet, empty space in which there is no threat and there is no pressure from the outside, that anxiety can arise. And we can see that we made that. We made it so well that we can't imagine it not being there. In some cases, we can't imagine that someone else doesn't have the same thing. Right? Because that's just how all rooms are made. We can see the ways in which we lie to ourselves we can see the ways in which we put on a show. And in doing that, we can start to gain an appreciation for when we watch another person's show. We can see someone reacting and we can understand that there are layers. We can understand that the wall is not, a, it's not, as I imagine a wall, just a solid strip of something. It's constructed. It's very carefully constructed. It has parts. It has logic. It might not be exactly the same as what we made. But we can start to recognize how everyone is creating their own space. And instead of simply reacting to that and imposing our color or our design on this encounter, we can step back and we can appreciate the design. And we can respect, because we've gone through this process, how difficult it is for that person to see it. That's fundamental. We can start to know how things are made. And if we can't do that, because we can't know everything, we can start 
by simply starting to notice that there's always something we don't know. We can stop taking for granted the things that just work. Cars. I don't know how cars work. Not really. Especially modern cars. When I was younger, my dad tried to explain engines to me. But engines then didn't look like engines now. I don't think it's incumbent upon us to understand all of the design of the world. But, but there's another extreme on the other side of knowing, which is you know, getting in a car and driving it every day without ever marveling at it. Mm-hmm. Without ever stopping and thinking about all the layers of things that are a mystery to us in this thing that we're in. You know, my, my children ask me all the time, how does this work? How does this work? How does this work? And I have to laugh because at least half the time, and half the time is very generous, I have to say, I genuinely have no idea It has to do with electricity. And they'll say, well, how does electricity work? And I'll say, well, you're not old enough to know how electricity works. And then I think to myself, I'm 45 and I'm not old enough to know how electricity works. Not the way I would like to. But I can can be amazed and I can also Notice when it's gone. I can see it as something more than just its performance. If I choose to. I can see myself as more than my performance if I choose to. I can see you as more than your performance if I choose to. That, in many ways, feels to me like our basic task. And I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.